everybody to the Movie Overload podcast. This is the podcast where we go through the history of cinema from the trip to Moon Parasite and Tim Deception of Woody Allen. Fuck that. Six shots. The perfect Wahoo. number. Uh, Might have um, thought it was three. My name's but six is the number of shots I've Cowboy. Watched. And with, with me, as always, is uh, my co hosts. You guys got me, yeah, and also, me also. Uh, uh, yep. Why is it that every time it just if like you guys are like, wait, we don't have, I have like, to give him my name. I, I get I, it. Wait, how did I, how does I under, introduce? Well, no, I understand now why a lot of podcasts have like a specific order for yeah. giving their names because that, then yeah. we're like, well, we try, do I go first? Do I was I go trying first? to establish. I was, that. I was giving eye contact. I was to trying at to the floor. Oh, I know. Yeah. You guys, I just <laughs> resent the fact of having to say my name on mic. See, okay, this is, what I, this is why I said what I said. In the future, you said blackmail material against me. <laughs> why? What? It could very easily be used as blackmail <laughs> material against me. You could sh- show it to me no. now and say, "I'll show this to I'll I'll show this to like." I'll post this on the internet. I'll post this on the internet. I'm gonna post this on the internet. I'll be like, ah, no, no, <laughs> I'll do anything, please. Oh no. Oh no 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 no! Um, yeah, so that, that's uh, um, that's how we introduce the podcast. Yeah, it's kind of a little like movie club where we get together and we watch the yeah. next thing, and we have a list on on Letterbox. Uh, um, if you go to the Movie Overload podcast Letterbox, you'll find the list of movies that we're going through. Yeah. But now we've we've hit the '60s. We're well into the '60s. Yep. Yeah. '60s the, is, is a, the latter half of the '60s. It's a decade will. of a very long movies, and and yes. some of that sometimes some that's might fun. say needlessly long movies. What? Some guys well might. Did you guys not watch the 95 minute version of this movie? It, is there one? <laughs> yes. Wait, is really? For TV, apparently. What? Is I that mean, what you watch? No. Okay. That's interesting, though. It exists. Uh, like, it's like half the length. We so watched like, the 161 wow. minute version from 1966 of Sergio Leone's so you The Good, The bad, Wrong, and version. The Ugly. I watched also the... Il Bueno, <laughs> Il Bruto, I, Il Cattivo. Oh, yes. I watched the three hour version. I don't think it'd nice. be terribly hard to turn this into a 90 minute movie. I, mm, That's maybe. kind of the thing that annoys me. About I it. think <laughs> if you cut out the bit at the, in the third act, where it. <gasps> with the whole Confederates and, oh, and the, the Union and their fighting in the bridge. Yeah. You basically don't need it. There was a bit where he, the guy is like walking through and he's drunk and he's telling them all about the army and Tim wanting to yeah. blow up the bridge. And it really just felt like a deleted scene. See, Did you yeah. get that feeling where it's like the characters Kinda, hadn't been figured out yet? Or like I, the characters I'm opposed disappeared. to you here um, because yeah. that was one of the scenes I like better in the movie. It's a really good scene, but it also feels inconsequential. There's only Most of this movie feels inconsequential. <laughs> it's people There's... getting like variously hindered as they're trying to get yeah. this place. And you can cut off any of the hindrances and just leave them out. And the only thing they'll be confused is like, why is Clint Eastwood suddenly in a different costume? That's like the only actual arc in the movie, the arc of Clint Eastwood's costumes. <laughs> the costumes. What costume are the characters in? Ooh, are they posing as union officers or Confederate officers or a random a joke, down on their yeah. luck? Oh, that was oh I yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> just, just oh yes, we are so for the uh, Confederate G- General. General. Lee. What? What's it? No, what's his name? Lee, Lee, Lee. And they're just covered with ash, and they're <laughs> actually in blue. Yeah, that it's a decent yeah, bit. It's all right. 
But also that whole scene at the prison camp, I, I mean it. It's just so much. I just so want to see him get beat up while cuffed to a chair. I feel like you could entirely cut out the bad, <laughs> and you so wouldn't chill. miss much. He's such a, uh, he's a just funny there. person he to doesn't, watch. He's, he's not a character. Humble. He's like, like not a character. And then he dies. He just doesn't matter. He's an archetypal character. He yeah. is the mercenary. Yeah, the, the but who will work for anyone. Boring is the problem because the other two. Okay, actually, that's not true. The only character in this movie is Tuco. Yeah, he is literally the only person uh-huh. that is a character, and he does a good job in his performance. Well done to the man, and good character and enjoyed. But everything else yeah. is complete. Doesn't matter at all. Yeah, I, I guess. So. so we were talking about this before the con podcast because. Of course, all good podcasts start with us talking about the movie for 30 minutes before we sit down to talk about the movie for two hours. That's about how it works. And I can only I can only assume that the titles, the good, the bad, and the ugly for each of these characters are meant to be somewhat sarcastic because all of them are just people trying to get money. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's not really yeah, a, any kind it, of moral difference yeah, between any of like, them. When I think about, like... Clint Eastwood's character being the good, I'm like, he's, I don't know if he's good so much as just less bad, maybe. Is but he? Is he less bad? He leaves Tuco he's just, just out white. in the desert after like, he's like <laughs> no longer seeming to be as valuable to him. True. He's still worth $3,000 a pop. He could continue <laughs> on with that trajectory, but it's like, no, I'm not increasing my earnings here like some psychopath CEO of like a GameStop or something. No, I'm I'm making $3,000 every week with this man, but it's not exponentially increasing my profits. I must leave you out in the desert to die and find some other chump who's worth slightly more money. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then he just like doesn't seem to care that he had to kill Shorty. He's like, Sorry, Shorty. He's just like, yeah. It wasn't even like I'm. I'm just cool, and I had to do that. And oh, he's he's not the good. Yeah, is my point. Just he's just a dude, and he's just the more white dude and the more American dude. And yeah, that's he's why he's literally starts the good. off wearing white, and so I and think, I think that sucks. Blondie. It's justified in the title cards because they say the good right after he's like. Uh, go, walking away from him, and he's like, "Oh, why you got to be so mean to me? I saved your life so many times." Needs be as a part of a grift. Right. <laughs> you it know? It wasn't like he's just a good guy. He's just, I, I, I guess, uh, cool. That that's So he he's pretty. I think that's the only reason why. And he's not that pretty to me. <sighs> yeah, we're going to have this argument he's until the a, end of time. He's he's Eastwood in the 1960s is a pretty man. I know lots of people thought that. But the lower... His his lower his jaw is not good. It's narrow and small. And it's okay to admit that you have so. a type. You know, you you can just admit you you, have- you can have a type. That's fine. I'm just telling you that he's unattractive objectively. And I'm just saying you're that welcome to have. There's probably a lot of I'm pretty people sure that's who how agree that works. with me. <laughs> mm. Probably lots of people who got bad taste. He does have good hair in this movie. I'll give him. Yo, that. Hunter, duck, you sucker. Is is Clint Eastwood pretty? In yes. the 1960s? Yes. And he's got you a don't good vo- think he's his, got, He has a good voice. You don't oh, think his, his lower voice. jaw is not great? No. You don't think his mouth is a little too narrow and it's no. kind of weird? I don't care. I'm not... Well, first... Well, point A, 
You don't think when he's got that cigar in his the mouth, it just looks like it's are just disproportionately like sort of large for him and he no. looks like a duck? He, he looked like a person. I don't know. He's a human being. I'm just saying, if we're going <laughs> and we're objectifying the man, he's not getting a pass from me. Actually, he is getting a pass. He's okay, not getting fine. a smash. Just don't, don't, stop, Good don't stop him from getting a pass from us. I, I no, think... I mean, you guys are smashing. I'm passing. I'm not smashing. I have no desire See? to smash. So he passes. So that's a but two I'm passes out of three. Still, so you lose, he's Aiden. He's still a good looking dude. But it's still a pass. He's not good enough. Well, no man. Can we enough. all just Sorry. like say... I'm not into that. Even that was David Bowie back in the 1960s. No, I don't care about David, David Bowie. If Adam Driver came up and was no. like, Hunter. Hunter. No. Please. No. <laughs> promise you no. Aiden, what are you trying to say? It's been 60 years. Clint Eastwood yes. isn't pretty anymore. We can drop it. He's an old dude. It's also, not like, oh, I can I, I can hit that now. You're like, nah, nah, nah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch that crusty old man. <laughs> only only one man is still like kind of somewhat attractive at that age. Harrison Ford. Oh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, I thought Clint, you were going to go with Orson Welles. But Clint yeah. Eastwood is, Orson Welles uh, is dead. He's not attractive anymore. <laughs> Clint Eastwood's very busy uh, directing yeah. mediocre to bad movies. Yeah. That you're uh, not specifically your dad, but that everybody's dad watches, you know? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Dad movies. Yeah. They still get some buzz. Was he, he was in The Mule. I think that was his last. He also directed thing. it. Did he? Okay. I didn't yeah. know about that. I know that was the that one. That's his most started. recent. Did he direct I think he's doing something else. No. Who directed that one? That one seemed like a boring enough movie that no, he could have done it. Sully? He did American Sniper. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, mean, he's I thought Sully was Spielberg. but I mean, Maybe it was. I, I feel like Spielberg is... Anyway, so I'm not going to Richard speak. Jewell was his most recent director. Oh, yeah, yeah, that thing. But the one that I remember just was never just like hilarious was the 1517 to Paris, which just everyone said was terrible. Yeah, yeah she cast the actual guys yeah. <laughs> who I oh oh uh, oh he did direct Sully. You're right. Did I did Ooh. not okay. think that that was the thing. He did but Sully. You're totally right. It was just boring enough for him. I, I guess. So. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's fine. We don't need to worry yes. about it. He's got My some good ones is, in there, but he's not that yeah. interesting in this movie. I don't think. I really only like Tuco. I feel like I would have enjoyed a. 90 minute movie about Tuco getting screwed over multiple times and that would have been it. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. He is the most, I guess, um he's the most charismatic. Well, he's he's I think he's the reason that this movie works. Yes. Despite the fact that the movie's very much being sold on Clint Eastwood being his uh like strong silent like yeah. pinnacle of the mid 20th century American concepts of masculinity. But the weird thing is that it's not because, well, it is, but it's also not because it's the third movie in, in a sense. I've, I've seen it called the third movie in the, in the dollars mm. trilogy. Yeah. And that is just him being taken straight from a Toshiro Mifune character in an Akira Kurosawa movie, because that first movie is a direct adaptation of Yojimbo. And so therefore oh. it's just him doing Toshiro Mifune's character slightly tweaked and, and less interesting. So I don't feel like you get any of the Yojimbo Sandro amazingness of that character in this. At the very well, least. that's the sure. big but there's thing also that, nothing to his that I noticed differently when I watched the fistful of dollars as, as opposed to Yojimbo is that Clint Eastwood's character is is not Toshiro Mufune's character. Interesting. That he is... More boring. 
Well, he he's playing a very specific type that tends to play really well, I guess, to certain crowds. That, like, s- the silent, like, brooding sort of... The, the same dude he's playing in this movie. Who just... He doesn't... It didn't feel like he was brooding. It just felt like he didn't have anything going in his head. See... But that's just me. I I, I read it a bit more... I... I I think he's supposed to be sort of like smug. He he's like prototypical kind of Han Solo. Like he has yeah, that but like that's rogue what, energy. That's Toshiro Mifune is that that's a hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's fully the the shtick in your Jimbo. It, it it's it's I don't know. I don't know. I'm, it's I'm just rhetoricking it's, you. I'm not. I I know. Sense. I know you but always you like argue in terrible faith <laughs> I really against I'm, everything. <laughs> I'm so good at it. So basically, if I take anything you say in bad enough faith, yeah. I can win. You're just trying to expedite I'm, my... I'm sure that what you're saying makes sense and is accurate. I'm just... I also just don't want to believe that anybody particularly cares about Clint Eastwood's character in this movie because... I don't get it. But that's the thing. And I don't want to feel this like I'm outside. I don't feel a need to. One of the I most famous it. westerns. I still enjoy I his enjoy presence. The movie as well. I enjoy his character's presence. Ever. I enjoy Angel Eyes's presence. I enjoy them all as very flat, archetypal, yet entertaining representations. They're not gotcha. characters. They have no depth, but they're just there to be cool in a silly way. It's super dumb. It's so funny. Like when he shoots and kills Angel Eyes and then he's just like popping off more shots to like get his hat and whatever in there. It's so dumb. Like I laughed so hard. And I did like like, that bit at the end where he like shoots his noose again. But yeah, that was good. Like there's no, yeah, there's no emotions or like character to latch onto there, but it's just, it's just selling him as just being this very over the top competent person. I guess I was just hoping it would be more badass maybe. Sure. And like it thinks that it is. And it has those moments where, like, every time it played that, whatever, like, yeah. the musical cue is like, oh, he just did something cool or he's about to do something cool. And, it, you know, a lot of the times it was, like, funny. <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, it's trying to do something cool, but I'm like, I can't really take it seriously. I, I think like, the eh, cultural yeah. legacy of this movie yeah. has mm. has not helped it age particularly well. Yeah, mm. that's probably it. All of us went into this movie as, <laughs> oh, this is like a really cool, famous Western movie. And then we're like, oh, so it's a kind of pretty, uh, pretty basic action. It just kind of felt like all the Westerns that I've seen on TV that my grandma watches on that yeah. and the Western channel that she watches. But like a little bit upgraded. <sighs> Yeah, I haven't seen very many westerns in general, so I especially not recently. I think the bits that I enjoyed were the bits where I remembered Dead Man. Hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, and at this point, the western as a genre has been played to a point where it just is not like viable within a modern consciousness without subversion. You have to be. You have yeah. to do Dead Man. You have to do First Cow. You have to do Meek's Cut Off. You have to be Jarmish or Reichart. Yeah. Those are the people who are still making this sort of movie and still attempt attempting yeah. to make it like interesting like, and novel. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's it. 
is one of the many things where, yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of stuff that comes out today is like, all right, we'll take the sort of established genre of this and do our funny modern take on it. Mm. And like, sadly, that doesn't really happen for the Western genre very much. I kind of wish that we would find more ways, but apparently that's just not a thing that people do. I mean, and just Western blockbusters are like not a thing. Like I know, yeah, I guess they're not blockbusters kind out there. But yeah, like a twenty four type. Things. Sure, that happens sometimes. Yeah, but like I don't know. I think it would be fun to have a a big one. I think it's like, probably ooh, the new Magnificent it, Seven that we really tried it. That. They tried it and it oh, sucked. Well, they yeah, tried sometimes. Sad. Like in the nineties, they tried yeah. uh, Silverado, Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. When was Silverado? <laughs> Wild West was out there. Yeah. I, I didn't. I don't uh, know. Tombstone was nineties, no. right? Uh, I, I recently watched uh, Robert Rodriguez's. Oh yeah, I think it's called his Mexican trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like yeah. El Mariachi, mm-hmm. uh, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, mm. which are legitimately really fun, like Next. Western movies. the The first one is like a real is really interesting as a no budget movie mm. sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, where I think it really works well on that. And then Desperado is hilarious because it. Robert Rodriguez just shot the first movie with his friends and then the second one they like so no let's let's recast it so this kind of schlubby regular looking guy is now Antonio Banderas <laughs> yeah, that's funny <laughs> and his girlfriend is Selma Hayek <laughs> wow and everyone is suddenly the prettiest possible people on the planet that's really funny and then uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico happens, and it's post him making three Spy Kids movies, and mm. you can tell that he's a bit tired. Interesting. <laughs> and Johnny Depp is just playing uh, a cartoon character. I-, I was interested because he described it as his attempt to make his own The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Mm. And that movie is fun, but it is a mess. It is a mess on so many <laughs> levels. Mm. And I... I... I don't think this movie the good the bad and the ugly is all that relevant anymore yeah it doesn't feel like it has yeah like i just kept kind of thinking about potential inspirations for this movie and other things that we've watched that were similar and didn't really latch on it itself like Mm -hmm. again i was obviously i thought about kurosawa movies the hidden fortress but i also was thinking of like even the bits that were maybe more interesting in the civil war context in like the general you know, mm. yeah. Because mm-hmm. well, so, I feel like there were some bits that reminded me of that, but I remembered the general's version of it. I, I think know. Sergio yeah. Leone has made, for whatever reason, this is his most culturally sticky movie. But I think A Fistful of Dollars is his most like was his like striking entry mm. that probably made a lot of the impact that this movie only this movie picks up a lot of like followers because it's iconic as a lot of icon it has I mean, it icons has like one of the most iconic scores and scores ever. it just has those like elements there those one-liners those like costumes looks those music scores but it doesn't have like the freshness of a few uh of a fistful of dollars it doesn't have the like legitimately interesting artistic qualities of once upon a time in the west mm-hmm. or like the both Once Upon a Time in the West and Once Upon a Time in America are based off of trying to like subvert genres and genre expect- expectations and becoming like much more like kind of gritty, dark, realistic mm. sort of portrayals of that. Mm. Uh, fun fact, I really wish 
that this podcast was officially about Once Upon a Time in the West because <laughs> our our favorite boy, juror number seven from Twelve Angry <gasps> Men, plays the villain in that. Whoa. Interesting. Uh, and it's an interesting time. Uh, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, it's... Yeah. yeah, maybe we could have done that one. I don't know. I... But also, but this no, is the most well-known one. This is this is the movie that, if you looked at it from the outside, you'd be like, "This is the movie that was most likely like the the most impactful, right?" This like it seems like it was western. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I guess if we were the podcast that we used to be, we could <laughs> go into the heritage how, of how much money it made and the. I, even like the concept of the spaghetti western like yeah a t- lower budget italian cinema just suddenly becoming a viable in america and making a bunch of these movies with like bad italian to english dubbing I, yeah, yeah I, had, I had to, i had to look that up and like because we were i watched it with my dad last night and we were noticing we we're like why does it look like the voice like sometimes it would just look like they were saying the words but it wasn't matching up right, quite right. Oh, and yeah. obviously everyone, everything was ADR'd. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were times where like, oh, that person doesn't even look like they're speaking the right words. And then it turns out that it's because they were probably speaking Italian or something. Yeah. And they just dubbed it in English after. <laughs> and it's so. this sort of period where like at, at this point in history, a lot of foreign movies are like, have a subtitled version just available mm-hmm. and a dub version, but this was so, so pandering to American audiences mm-hmm. along with uh, other similar movements like the Giallo and sort of the exploitation, like low, no to low budget horror movies and cannibal movies and mm-hmm. everything that was being pumped out of Italy at the time. It, it, it's, I, I know that it's a thing. Like it was, there was a cultural moment where watching like bad Kung Fu movies or great Kung Fu movies, like with, uh, like silly English dubs or like bad uh, Italian. It so ruins those English. movies. I some people might find that funny. I hate it so much. Yeah, just, we watched Fist of Fury and it just like wow, this movie might be interesting, but I can't tell because the dub is just ruining it for me. <laughs> I, I I I don't know if I can appreciate movies on that specific level. And mm, all yeah. the power to you if you can. But this movie feels like it was kind of made to do exactly this, which is what yeah. which is what I think makes it work a little better because apparently what I read better. is that you know they didn't want to record audio on 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 sets for a lot of this type of thing and also apparently from what I was reading at least Italian audiences didn't really care if things were like synced yeah, properly yeah. it wasn't really something like this is just kind of standard uh-huh. and so they, it didn't really matter artistically but uh, american audiences yeah. seem to notice and, and care and whatever we've seen um, a bunch of movies that were shot silent and then 80 yard later yeah uh, just most of them are a little bit more convincing yeah like i i feel like i didn't really notice when we watched something like the 400 blows or eight and a half. A, yeah any of these like there were, are moments in those um, movies where you're like oh that doesn't quite fit yeah. but I mean, it. I mean, also to be fair, those movies are them speaking in different languages, True. and so we're so probably I wouldn't be as not familiar. quite as. But like, I don't yeah. know. For whatever reason, it just felt yeah, just more convincing. Yeah. But then I see like the drunk captain in the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, and yeah I'm like, just like this dude's speaking English. His lips are moving correctly, and it's still like oh, it's yeah. not convincing at all. Yeah. There was one <laughs> one part of the movie, like one line in which Clint Eastwood said something, and I was yeah. like, 
that was right though yeah. or even, <laughs> even it was even kind of weird when they would just like make little noises yeah they would just be like a little uh, yeah i think that's and, what the, and they makes would still the movie just feel, feel weird as dated as it yeah. as it does is all of the sound design mm. and and the way that the audio is dubbed yeah and all of that is the bit that feels most of its time in a way that mm. most of the movies that we've covered don't feel of their time Mm -hmm. like i I feel like all of these movies to an extent transcend their moment in history Mm -hmm. and this one doesn't as much it is very 1960s uh yeah like the bit where like the freeze frames and they like writes out the name and it doesn't (laughs) even reverse order every time which is interesting it was so ugly i liked that they did it again at the end yes i I don't know i thought they were funny Uh, i don't i don't exactly understand it but okay i do have a question yeah for you guys how did you feel about the cinematography? Because I had read that the cinematography was like bonkers good. And I watched the movie, I watched it in 4K and I I didn't it didn't really stand out to me personally. But maybe I'm just tired, you know? I didn't notice anything like super amazing, but I there just don't have an eye for that kind of thing. Were hmm. moments. I was very hopeful at the beginning of this movie that I was going to get into this movie a lot more than I wound mm-hmm. up getting into it. Mm-hmm. Because in that first scene where um, uh, the ugly is <laughs> uh, getting snuck, there is some bounty hunters sneaking up on him. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it starts off with these shots that uh, reminded me of the much better opening to Once Upon a Time in the West, where the the bounty hunters are like sitting on opposite sides of this like little deserted like saloon and they're just like lingering shots of them just standing there and looking at each other and lingering on just the waiting Mm -hmm. and they walk and as they start to walk the camera just like follows them at the same speed and the pacing of the scene just made that movement somehow the most engaging thing that could be on screen at that moment. Hmm. I, 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 it got me. And then, you know, it, it bursts out and they do the title cards. I'm like, I'm going to really like this movie. And then about halfway through, by about the halfway through point, maybe it's just that, like, this vocabulary has been borrowed by everyone and evolved in a just different ways i guess because it feels this movie at points feels kind of basics basic now yeah because there are a lot of movies like quentin tarantino movies quentin tarantino definitely watched all of sergio leone's movies Mm -hmm. and he took some cocaine and made bigger movies that do more and are much much more and but then there's also that before because i feel like it it you know it does a lot of the like shootouts and and like mm-hmm. it tries to build tension and having like a lot of <laughs> silence and and all of that yeah. and i feel like i've seen older movies do well, yeah. that with more tension i mean obvi- i don't want to constantly talk about kurosawa here but i again it's something but that you kurosawa will you always will i will <laughs> never not and i did want to ask you specifically being yeah. the sort of samurai movie expert being like okay what did this borrow like if it did anything I mean, well, perhaps I, there's, that's a little you too much. You weren't in the car well, sure, on the way here. Sure, yeah, because I okay. But I just wanted the to make that where they're, they're standing there in the thing. You know, you have the you have the kind of like bombed out looking mm. streets, and they're they're standing there in the middle of those streets. 
like that entire bit was like oh yeah that's like basically the entire movie of yojimbo essentially mm. takes place between buildings like that like that's uh-huh. that's the entire movie um and then it does this sort of shootout except so much cooler <laughs> i don't, I don't well, that i just highly recommend that movie if if yeah. anything in this movie was sure. interesting it's because i feel like it does all of it better <laughs> i've okay all of the other Sergio Leone movies I've seen have struck me visually much more than this one did. Hmm. And I, I, it's kind of baffling me because like Once Upon a Time in America, I freaking loved like the cinematography in that movie. That movie is forever long and I was, and I was watching it on a video platform that buffered every five minutes and it still felt like it took like half as much time as it did to go by that movie is just so good 230 minutes yeah uh once upon a time in the west like very visually striking Mm. just like got me like there are well that movie incorporates some like handheld shots and Mm. that movie's just a better movie uh but and then a fistful of dollars uh i found that i haven't granted i haven't seen it in a while but i found that very very visually impressive like that was i i saw it and it it's it's shot in this like really just wide aspect ratio and the way it uses horizontal space for some reason it's just way more compelling than the way it's used in this movie hmm. which i i i don't know if it's that different other than like the setting and this just i think the interesting thing about this movie and the, maybe the reason why people kind of latch on to it a bit more other than you know just all of the iconic elements mm-hmm. uh and you know that sort of kind of hooky i don't know it feels like a pop song like hooks everywhere you're getting hooked yeah. in yeah. It, it is it does have layers not in the characters because you know the characters are all these archetypal mechanical sort of like stock characters from old western novels sort Mm -hmm. of feeling characters Mm -hmm. it's about the civil war and it's giving uh an anti-war message and as you were noting earlier before we were on mic and people could hear what we were saying (laughs) the way that it presents the two sides of the conflict feels a lot less um feels a bit more nuanced i guess than a lot of the other movies there are a lot of movies that just point paint the confederate side as underdogs because we like an underdog story i guess despite the fact that the underdogs in that case probably weren't as (laughs) underdogish as we were we make them out in the media neither historically and nor morally like they they were also just like also just trying to defend slavery but yeah but they were also winning for like a significant portion of the war so it it, it's it feels weird i i went back and rewatched the general because we did that before Hmm. way before i was on this podcast but it does it i i can't get into that movie at all just because the whole time i'm just sitting there i'm like oh this is fun also, he's a Confederate soldier <laughs> trying to find his Confederate girlfriend and save her from the Union, and they win at the end. And this was like just a little. This like 
the general wasn't that long after the civil war compared to like yeah, I guess it's other true. movies that it's came true. out about the civil war and yeah, it just like feels what, within is within the lifetime like it was what 50 60 years later i i yeah it, it, it's yeah, I I don't know. It it comes back to this thing where I I have no idea, like how to feel about the Civil War because the Confederates were fighting to uphold slavery, which is uh, a horrific, which isn't great, garbage, terrible. Like no, 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 like pretty in- irrefutable. But at the same time, individual soldiers in any war aren't really like they're just doing what people tell them and dying for for the basically for the like the will that the upper class wants to impose and you do definitely get that sense in this movie in different parts like like just in the bit where they they stick them on the train and whatever and you see just like a bunch of confederate soldiers and then just like a union soldier just kind of all sitting there on that Mm -hmm. card and you're just like Huh. I don't know. Like I, like I, there's just this sense of like they're all just kind of people, unfortunately. But also kind of stuck together. Yeah. But I can't tell if this is like what this actually says. But in all of these movies, and I get the sense a lot of time, just like it, it doesn't seem like any of these people actually care about black people or like no any and it like they they don't and so. I like is that like oh well they don't really care about black people so they aren't doing it for racist reasons because they're not doing it out of just hating black people but also they don't care about the fact that they're enslaving humans like that's messed up and also like it's, complex feelings you know like well, is it better or worse is ambivalence how do you how do you characterize ambivalence <laughs> just like forgetting that that people exist in hollywood mm-hmm. just like oh no everyone's white and then there's going to be uh, a latinx guy and he's the ugly i guess um you know <laughs> yeah i what I don't. I mean, I uh, like in the specific era of like the Civil War. I know a lot of people felt like they either had to be racist or it was okay for them to be racist because of religious things. You know, like just it's, interpreting something in a way that nobody would now to specifically be racist, and then it's biblically mandated. Yeah, it was, that it was all racist. like it was culturally fine then it was culturally fine but there were also like there was like religious justification on top of that and you know like like mormons had for until recently yeah and what it's this huge massive debate that is like i don't where do you even start with how do we actually evaluate history like what are we supposed to take from it no. And you everyone who says you're supposed to take and well, take a nap because yeah. <laughs> it's just so much. Because <laughs> it's like we we know to an extent we we know what we, we know what went wrong in some ways. We know what was 
gross, but we also don't know what it was really entirely like to be in those positions. And there's this uncomfortable thing that I think a lot of us don't want to face, which is, man, I wonder what context in history that I could have grown up in where I would have thought shitty things as well. And, yeah. and like, well, and how kind of have, to acknowledge have the fact we been kind of taught to circumvent any kind of sense of morality that we have? All of us, if we were back then, would have been likely just as shitty. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably, with a very small contingent It depends on of... where we lived. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> well, e- the North was still racist as all hell. Oh, that's like, true. So... But it would have been a, di- it would have been a different... Oh, yeah, it would have been a different... It, it... Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah, everyone was I've... prejudiced. It would have just been slightly different. <laughs> but, like, yeah. there, there is like... still nature. I think there's nature yeah. and nurture to people. Like, and... I think there would be some aspect of, like... Like, I, I don't think that everything is just learned, but I do think there's, like, the layers of being taught something enough that... But there is yeah. a thing where, no matter, like, how inherently predisposed to one idea someone is, if you were just fed a lie long enough and never actually given an alternative, there's, like, nothing you can really do it's true. to yeah. actually improve yourself, you know? It feels like it's true. Yeah. All of us have changed a lot since our upbringings when we were all going to school together at that odd weird homeschool place thing we did thing that we did things we Yay. did that thing we were all very different people then and we've changed a lot now but if we were not put in the circumstances and given the information and the experiences that we have since then that could only have been given to us in the 21st century uh would we have actually changed? We would have changed. People change. People are always changing, but I, we wouldn't be the same <laughs> yeah. changed yeah. things. I, I don't know if, if there's like a, a solid answer for your um, your query about, you know, history and, and being a product of, of our time and well whatever. But like, I don't... I don't know. I, does the movie have like enough of a commentary on that to be? Oh, the movie doesn't have a commentary on that. The movie has uh, a commentary. Brings, it about... brought up that question for me, but I didn't feel like I got an answer. <laughs> uh, well, that's the point of questions is not to have answers. It is to try to find answers. But it also didn't feel like it. Did it explore that I, idea or did it just kind me, of make you think about it for me no i very much felt that the civil war was just kind of a backdrop for this movie and it, mm-hmm. that nothing was said well, at least not that i picked up on on the surface i think Sorry. the message the political message of the film is it's denouement is found in the scene that you think could be think could have been cut the bathtub <laughs> scene what? No, Not oh, the that was kind of funny. I mean, that, I like that scene. That actually. very much could have been cut, but sure. I mean, why cut anything? Yes. No, the scene no, with the bridge. I want you to cut bridge. it into like uh, sixty minutes. I forgot. I wanted to give an argument that oh. there is a very small bit in the bridge scene that makes that because uh, that's when uh, he gives him the fake or the the wrong name for the grave. And if you didn't yeah. tell oh, him right. that, then the uh, later scene would make a little bit less sense. So I guess you couldn't cut it out. No. Which, uh, let's cut, can we cut down the very long looking for the grave scene? He spends multiple but they, minutes. But the score <laughs> just goes, I don't care about the score. Well, just, I sat there for so long. He's just like, 
Oh my god. Okay, sorry, carry on about the bridge. That's it. No, well <laughs> I think the the movie the the whole political message about both mm. about like just war being bad. Yeah. Uh that's it's it's it was a pretty definitively anti war movie. Yeah. And the the whole thing is that they get there and they're I think on the union side yeah. and they meet the drunk captain and he's like we're just at this standstill. We're just here and we're just dying because the South doesn't want the bridge destroyed and the North doesn't want the bridge destroyed. Which would like, you know, you'd think that they could come to some sort of agreement on that <laughs> if both of them want the bridge sure. there. But they want to be my bridge. But they're like, oh, so if we just blow up the bridge, because we need to get to the other side of the bridge and they're never, they're going to shoot us if they try and go across. If we just blow up the bridge, they'll have to move the fighting to somewhere else because they're no longer fighting over just there whether fight. or not to keep this yeah. bridge here, which both of them want to do. <laughs> and I do think that that's really fascinating. Yeah. Well, and the, and the captain, he's talking about how he dreams at night about the bridge blowing up. And he's like, <laughs> I, like oh, I can't wait. There's one thing that's the same between both sides. We both reek of alcohol. Yeah. Like the <laughs> whole, the emphasis on the alcohol being just like, we're not really getting anything done. We all just kind of have to sit here and like, Boy, if we weren't able to just drink our sorrows away, I don't know what we'd be doing. <laughs> right. And i that's why that scene, that whole segment, simultaneous, like it works the best for me, yeah. but it does feel out of place in the rest yeah, of the movie. Right. And I don't know how to square that. Yeah, Maybe that's, that's the point. And that's not, I'm not trying to criticize the movie for that and say this shouldn't have been there, but it's like, I don't know. It, it worked, but like I also feel like the cinematography really picked up mm. in that bit. Oh yeah, what? like there's some really good yeah. shots in that in that section. That like, bridge really blew up. I don't know it why was I cool. wasn't expecting it to blow up like that much. Like movie blew up. I, I thought it was just gonna like pop in the middle and then it's gonna right. fall down. Mm. And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is a movie. Of course they're going to like pump that thing full of explosives, even though they just like put like. Six things of like dynamite, which I, I mean probably would be enough to do that sort of thing. I don't know how explosives work, but then they have like the, I thought dynamite didn't even exist at that point. Oh, what's what's mm, weirding yeah. me out? So they have like the little lines between mm. the, the explosives. And one of them gets wet. One of them is just sitting in the water. Yeah, and I'm but even if it wasn't, like not all of them are gonna blow up at the same time. Yeah, with technical precision, like the bridge actually <laughs> blows up. Yeah. I don't know why I'm making this nitpick. Oh, well. It doesn't matter. But you're right. Movie sucks. You know what though? <laughs> Pyrotechnics. This movie's got some explosions. It, it had the mildly amusing oh, moment where they ducked behind cover for the explosion, <laughs> and Clint Eastwood ju- du- ducks down yeah. like a regular person, and Tuga uh-huh. jumps with his butt facing it. Which, yeah. as I was thinking about, that actually makes more sense because I'd rather my butt be filled with explosive debris <laughs> than my face. That's true. But also, <laughs> I really like I I like also that bit. I don't know how they. I mean, it's probably not that challenging to do. But the bit where he like takes the gun and he goes to the shooting range and he he shoots mm. them and then yeah. like oh, shoots yeah. them in half. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, shoots the head off. Like, yeah, that's the thing. The good, the bad, and the ugly in this are all to make them even less differentiated. <laughs> just amazing shots. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Just they true. all have their moments to show. Wait, that when does the bad do good shot? Uh, I feel like early well, on he shoots through the beginning people. when we first oh, yeah. he murders him. that family 
I mean, does he doesn't have it. He yeah. doesn't have trick oh, yeah, shot moments. Oh yeah, because he because like, the person like enters the door and he just like yeah, yeah. he's just like, <laughs> yeah that was a good, gotcha. that was a good shot. That's probably the yeah. best well, shot in the movie actually. At that part in the best movie, gunshot. Yeah, like that's what I meant. like the the movie was still working for me on like a visual level at that point. That that scene in like that very large house with like the hallways in between as sort of like this Ozu vibe and you're like doorways through doorways through doorways. Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, and like this is of... like really striking. And then like it has that tension moment which Quentin Tarantino definitely ripped off at the beginning of well not ripped off, but you know, like used in the beginning of Inglorious Bastards, where they're just sitting at the table and there's the tension. He's like, just give me the information. Oh, yeah, I know all as about like that one. and once I get paid, I always I always, uh, get, I, I always do my kill, and then he's like, through. the guy's talking to freaks out, he runs back, try and grab a gun, he shoots him twice, <laughs> and then his son like jumps down from upstairs and he flips around this and shoots him real quick. Like Christoph Waltz. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean I that's different. Seen, that, that might have been the only bit I saw. I think I saw the opening bit of Inglorious Bastards. I think that's all I've seen of Tarantino. I think that's Christoph, the most famous scene. Christoph from that movie, my beloved. And I there's also thinking, a theater scene at the end. He's really going for it. I guess this movie's on. 11s but that's all i thought and it was cool quentin tarantino movies are fun i don't we'll get to him oh yeah we're covering pulp fiction right we're covering pulp fiction yeah that's interesting i i it's the one to do i think just based off of cultural perception for sure that that was what broke him out onto the scene and he's been one of the most influential you know Mm -hmm. voices inspiring it's like, pretty good although i do want to say well but now while we're here and i'm moment. thinking about it i think we need to replace the scorsese movie <sighs> oh which one do we have because on there there's right a new good one fellas. coming out that's an apple tv one ah. and leonardo dicaprio looks unrecognizable <laughs> unrecognizable <laughs> oh he looks just wow. like him Who's but unrecognizable oh no we we need to <laughs> to replace have you seen that yeah, I saw the uh, picture. The like, New Yorker, the New York Post, I think, said, did an article about how Leonardo DiCaprio is unrecognizable in the new Scorsese movie, and it. he just looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> but Lily Gladstone's in it, and yeah. so everybody's excited about that. Or I was, I don't know. I like Lily okay. Gladstone. You know, from certain women. You know, oh, look, okay. I'll pull it up. The one who was just really nice and sweet, and was just interested in Kristen Stewart. And that's show. He's just like. That, that's that's still Leo. Oh Leo yeah, DiCaprio. It just no, really it, looks like Leo DiCaprio. Well, it, it looks like if Leo DiCaprio had Steve Buscemi's eyes, like grafted, like his eye sockets grafted onto his face. That's a, not a good image. That's Ooh. that's the only difference I see. Hello, fellow kids. Regular Leo. And I I really want Hunter to do a Steve Buscemi impression because I was think I said something about that like a week and a half ago yeah. at like three a.m. one time and. You never did one. It's because I can't do it. I don't know how I, just I said would even... talk like Randall and you didn't do it. I don't know how I would even begin to say I just like did it and it was so good. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> no one. Yeah. Hello, no one. kids. God. I, uh, okay. It's okay. Sort okay. of. I like can't. Uh, <laughs> fine. <laughs> fine. I'm, I can't. I can't drink that stuff. It's too damn <laughs> black. That very much was not an impression of anyone. <laughs> I, I was going to it, and then I just didn't want to say that line like, on a podcast. <laughs> I don't. Why did you go with that line? He's because been in it like was a billion movies. Line from that movie. Okay. I I know. I, I, I mean, it's I mean, it's too bitter. <laughs> 
Oh yes, the dead don't die. I can't drink any more of that stuff. Points for referencing. Too damn black for me. God. Cut cut this whole segment out, please. I like Steve Buscemi. I do too. Anyway, that had nothing to do with anything. I can't. Yeah, we only need to reference (laughs) the Jarmusch movies that no one likes except for us. Okay, I I really feel like we should get on topic. Uh, Do we have anything left to say? What is topic? Yeah, what is topic? I don't. I guess overall, Clint Eastwood smokes an endless <laughs> string of cigars. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's mildly amusing. That happens. He the wears a poncho. Dies, he shoots yeah. the guy. He, he wears a long jacket. They shoot the guns yeah. good, and the music goes wah 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 wah. There's uh the main inciting incident of the film is a stagecoach full of corpses. That's true. Um. There, it does some surprise. There's like a the dude torture with an scene eye patch. Is relatively torturous. A lot of eye patches in this uh, movie. <gasps> uh, Tuka's brother is a priest, and there's a cool scene where he's like, we're back where we are from you, they became a bandit or a priest, and you took the easy option. His brother <laughs> felt like <laughs> bad, and he's like, ah, oh, it's just guilt-tripping you about not coming home to see our parents when they died. But then you guilt-tripped me about leaving our parents when they were still alive. Ah! Wah. And then, uh, that and then that's what happened. And then he gets naked, and then a bathtub, and then yeah. the dude from the beginning comes back and tries to shoot him. <laughs> and he's not that he ugly. His, he's not ugly at all. He looks fine. I don't think he's ugly. Really, just a dude. He's, he's just, just a, a dude. And he's I got guess, relatively good teeth for a bandit. Anyway. True. I think all of the titles are sarcastic. <laughs> like, is is the bad even all that? bad i guess maybe that's part of the political statement he's bad because he the bad is a union officer um who tortures like confederate prisoners which in that case means that it's the third movie in which uh, the third and only of, of all we've only covered three civil war movies this is the third one and in all of them the confederates are more the good guys than the union yeah, well, but also there's that whole scene at the at the end with the bridge blowing up. I think, uh, because also uh, the the officer at like the, in charge of the Union camp is like, "Oh, I'm gonna catch you, evil eyes! I'm gonna catch you! I know that you're torturing people, but I just got this gangrene and I can't <laughs> can't prove it yet. I'm gonna stop you. I feel like." Every instance of either army in this movie could be swapped out with no consequence. I think that's thinking about true. it for five seconds. I'm like, eh. yeah. maybe that's the point. Maybe uh, they're ooh. all sort of the same, and they're just murdering people. Generally, Except I mean, Grant, they they're the same, and that's maybe weird. Maybe war's just bad. Know. Maybe that's what this movie's saying. That oh, well. the war is bad. Maybe the war is bad. Did you ever <gasps> think about maybe that? Maybe war is bad. War is really bad, and it makes me sad. <laughs> and it killed my brother funky. and his dog in a hole blown by a <laughs> we, Maybe we should just watch Little Women instead. There's some puppies in Which one? Movie. The Winona Ryder one or oh, the... the good one. The uh, Cersei Rannon one. The better one. Cersei, okay. the, the, Cersei one, the Fred Gerwig. The 90s. I've heard... Every time I try and pronounce her name, someone corrects me. It's fine. I also uh, have a weird Irish name, so I get to be the yay. one who is right with pronunciations. It's fun. I just need to Saoirse. look at interviews. Yeah. Saoirse. Oh, yeah. I can just remember back just remember, to yeah, the, the Silky sea. movie. Yeah. yeah. 
Why don't we watch yeah, that fingers. movie? Fingers. Cut out the rest Here's. of the 60s and watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My random takeaway from yes, this please. movie was I saw people spinning guns and I was like, ah, Reminds me of Revolver Ocelot from Metal Gear Solid. And so I decided to show my dad clips of (laughs) him just comically spinning his stupid revolver in that game. And then I was like, wait, he kind of looks like Angel Eyes or like that actor did when he was old. And I was like, I bet Kojima did that because he's just like a stupid movie nut. And he probably did that on purpose. And it looks like he did. Yeah, I think that was kind of funny. That is how this movie, this is why it is significant. I think is solely because of things like that. Everyone a bunch of stuff. Yeah, everywhere. Like everybody knows the music cue, but yes. they probably don't know where it's from. Yeah, I but didn't it's just, know. It's just I watched fr- it's everywhere though. Everyone it knows it just before watching the movie. Yeah, I watched the Community <laughs> Western Paintball episode that just steals it for the intro. And the whole intro, the intro to this movie is cool. Like the like colors yeah. and the mm, cowboys yeah. riding. Like, I thought that shots. was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. I like this like movie going in. Movie. I thought it was fun for the first 40 minutes. <laughs> I, and then I got a bit tired, and then the last mm, 40 minutes happened, and I was like, oh, this is okay. I didn't feel like it was really long, personally. I just kind of went through it like in, like I go through any other movie, well, because it, I don't have a sense of time with movies. But, yeah. but I also didn't think that it, like... Did an epic. It it Mm. doesn't feel long. That's kind of the thing that annoys me about it. It doesn't feel like an epic. It doesn't feel like it justifies its length Mm. with anything more than just... The fact that you don't notice it's that long. (laughs) Yeah. Like, the only reason that people... like the time. uh, Maybe time just moves differently now. But the the reason why this movie's three hours long is because it goes on for three hours. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what it feels (laughs) like, I guess. And I think when I looked at, like... I didn't look very deep into this, but when I saw something that was saying like the difference between like the two hour 40 US cut and the like original, then the later full like three hour cut is that it's just like transitionary footage, just like showing how bleak the war was or something. It's just like, okay, really cool. I don't know. I think there was definitely some dialogue because it sounded like there was some re-recorded dialogue that ended up happening or something. Gotcha. Mm. So something there must've been in there. I don't know. The details I, I do like the segments in this movie where nobody talks mm. for a significant yeah. length of time. I think it's cool how it manages to do that without it feeling like it doesn't stand out. It just kind of flows. But it also just makes me think of the other Sergio Leone movies and maybe it just, I don't, I, I think this is just my least favorite Sergio Leone movie. Yeah, it's, fair. it's fun, but it's like, <laughs> I, I don't think it's I got as much out of it as any of his other movies. Yeah, like I definitely like it's not gonna. It, it wasn't amazing, didn't blow me away, but I do still feel like I want to watch more like classic westerns. Yeah, and, like, I try think I more had fun with it enough. Yeah, yeah, I would I would watch a fistful. But honestly, now that I think about, it, I just I just want to watch your Jimbo again. I just like yeah. I don't know. I watch this movie and I'm like, I really like the things that I feel like inspired it and. That's yeah. all I care about. Yeah. Whereas I watch, which is different, right? Because whereas yeah. I watch like an Ozu movie and I'm like, I do want to see more Ozu movies, but I like the way that like Koganata pushed a lot of Ozu 
visual aesthetics and, and trends into something uh, new. I like Columbus way more than I've liked any of Hosu's movies. Like, I, I really feel that way about Columbus, and I wish that I felt this... I wish I'd felt that with Kurosawa, like people mm. inspired by Kurosawa doing something that feels like it pushes it past right. something completely unique and different. Yeah. And uh, instead I weird. feel like somehow Kurosawa is the thing that I've seen copied a billion times for my entire life. And then you see the source and it's more vibrant and interesting. <laughs> yeah. You go back. That's one thing that I have seen. Like I, I like seven Samurai way better than any of the like magnificent seven movies. Mm hmm. I haven't seen all of them mm. because the ones I've seen have not been very fun. <laughs> but yep. like, I don't know why they keep remaking that. It's just I I, I saw like the first one that they did mm. and the remake, and I'm like, neither of them are. Why Why do you keep trying yeah, I've this? Only seen the newest one, and it was not good. Uh, but like, you go back to the Kurosawa movies, and you kind of feel like he did it better. <laughs> He, Which is yeah, he just really stands out. It wasn't just like he kind of invented some techniques, or he kind of had an interesting idea for a plot there. It's just like mm -hmm. it was sort of the complete package. And yeah, and if you want a movie that's anything like that kind of movie, then just watch his movie, I guess. And that yeah, I don't know. I just I want the Koganata of Kurosawa. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well. Also, I like saying uh, that. yeah. I mean, well, there are so many people. Like, his work has been was very influential. Maybe that's New what Hollywood. Lucas is like. Maybe Lucas is kind of the Koganata of Kurosawa. Mm. Because I, because I think about specifically the original Star Wars movie, which we'll get to. But I'm like the way that that does things with the Hidden Fortress, but also takes like David Lean. And, and and Lawrence of Arabia and it kind of does this mishmash of things that has a lot of the energy of Kurosawa but in a completely different way that created its own like maybe that's maybe that's what Kurosawa maybe maybe that's maybe that's what Lucas did to Kurosawa I mean I'd say Star Wars yeah but like THX 1138 yeah, and graffiti yeah. and red tails and uh that weird musical off-brand strange magic <laughs> strange magic yeah uh like uh, I, I i i don't know i wish he did more other i i like it's sad that his career like died because he was so seems, successful <laughs> yeah. yeah he's like he was so successful that he, he did some just cool stuff i don't think anyone's like saying ah nah he's <laughs> always been the worst person ever he's never been he he was cool and like an interesting up-and-comer for a point and then he just never went on and did anything after that and i feel like you can tell he kind of resents that hmm. oh yeah like i think he he resents the fact that he didn't end up really just being the art house director he wanted to be yeah because his movies were too popular and then oh. star wars was just like a whole thing and then he actually had the funding and the studio demand and everything to actually make the full thing that he had planned out that he was really only like part of what he wanted to do and yeah and then people were mad at him and cared a lot about it and then he just mm -hmm. kept making so much money anyway i i still feel like the prequels are like i have i actually have a lot of respect for Mm -hmm. Almost everything that happened in the prequels, except for the way that the dialogue was written and, and maybe the way it was 
directed in some in some ways. Yeah. I, I, at this point, I think the prequels might have actually been like I think critically successful well. if they like were edited differently. Mm. Like if yeah. they were edited a bit more ruthlessly, then they might have been a bit more like commercially impactful and less. Uh, well, they were polarizing yeah i mean that's true like you know a, a, well a lot of star wars fans but also like but i think that they're probably more interesting as what they are than they would be if they were uh better star wars movies mm-hmm. i and i also feel like from a production standpoint mm-hmm. it's um, inc- i mean it yeah it's it's simultaneously like, oh man, CG practical effects are more in, in vogue and fun, but at the same time, it totally pioneered so much yeah. and like yeah. is so wildly influential, kind mm-hmm. of in the same way that the original Star Wars was. Yeah. Totally, like, yeah. and it's aged ridiculously well because you put it up against anything that was trying to do that sort of thing for like a decade afterwards, and all of those things look sh- like shit, and you can still yeah. watch the I prequels. Mean, Granted, a lot of that is because they threw so much money at the right, screen. Right, but he but also has very specifically invested in the creation of a lot of those techniques. Yeah, like yeah. he was, that was, sort he of was doing thing. things that like everybody else at the time was like, that's not going to work. That's not going to be a thing. And he's like, oh, I think it is going to be a thing. And then he did it, and then it became a thing. Like in he, spite of everything else, and but yeah, like he was doing it before other. other it's just were doing weird it. that instead of being the art house legend that he was trying to be, <laughs> he instead, like defined and then redefined how commercial blockbusters were made yeah like twice with a giant franchise here's the question it's so weird if we didn't have the prequels would we have the marvel cinematic universe no and yeah that might be a better universe to be in can you elaborate on that uh i no (laughs) no (laughs) well i mean in my selfish heart i i kind of wish that uh it was different, but at the same time, uh, just let the corporate film burn itself to death and let <laughs> indie film rule forever. I feel like it's doing it. I feel like it's killing itself right now. And yeah. maybe everybody feels like that every 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. People feel like that's happening and then it doesn't. But well, Except, as we'll get to with the new Hollywood film movement, film almost ate itself in the middle of the 20th century. Like, hmm. cinema, like... Uh, the studio system as we know it today and as we knew well as we know it today is kind of a rebirth of an old studio system that sort of died and almost wasn't born at all and a lot of that was because of the fact that westerns were overdone and that killed off that genre and it just felt like a lot of things were just being done to death which uh maybe Uh-oh. the superhero movie will become the next western mm. right and we'll either have uh, a new 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 hollywood or new, new. uh we'll have a new mm. american cinema pop up yeah. that's different well like in in 70 years or is somebody going to come Bollywood back and watch will actually finally conquer the west <laughs> no <laughs> In, in seven years, is somebody going to come back and like watch Endgame and be like, I don't like it's a long movie. It's three hours. I don't I don't really know. Like this just kind of feels like something that's 
been done before like maybe it's <laughs> in and we're all and it's maybe we're just in that same thing like maybe the good bad and the ugly Man, is the like I infinity war way. end game i feel that way time. right now we're just right the long now. movie that's entirely part of the genre but the thing is maybe the reason why this movie doesn't work for us as well right now and feels like it's aged is because we've grown up with the western having been iterated to death mm-hmm. already and mm-hmm. with every little aspect of it feeling completely not fresh and having been not fresh for decades before we were born. Like, I wonder if it's going to feel that same way for people in a few years with, with the superhero genre or, or a few decades or whatever. But like, is that going to be so part of everybody's DNA that like, it just, it just has no, you just, it's almost impossible for it to be interesting. Yeah. Cause like, cause like we didn't have, like good superhero movies as kids like we had yeah, the like we had x-men shitty ones which was like too which was Let's, gritty and not like fully superhero uh, okay okay i make we an exception blade. for x-men x-men is um, good but x-men is good but like everything else like x-men was like the start of the good superhero movies and then everything else was like it can blade still two. be kind of good right i still want to see blade too so i i would accept that but, but like, you also the had like majority the burton too, batman yeah, They're like and and you had Sam Raimi, oh, yeah. Spider Man, but they like they weren't all gr- a lot really of them good. Were still just they like, weren't, and they were trying bad. harder to be gritty than they were going yeah. for the comic booky thing. Sure. That is yeah. what we know superhero movies. But to like be now. now, they feel like you know once you hit late two thousands, they kind of leveled out, and they're Spider-Man like, oh okay, these are but, yeah. most of what's coming out of Marvel is like good. It's fine. Yes, not amazing. Well, that's, well, that's they, the thing that's so annoying about Marvel. And then they just obsessively went for the formula yeah, until we all like, oh, wanted cool. to die. Except not all of us wanted to die because there's still a few million people who, when everything thing comes out, they're like, I think this is probably the best thing that's ever been put right. on film. Right. Well, and then a month later, they forgot about things. it. Yeah, so, hmm. It's... Yeah. It's... I, I, I totally get why so many people like really like it and enjoy it because it is like competent mm-hmm. well structured fine 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 movies mm-hmm. that are that suitably are disposable shows. for and tv shows and everything that are <laughs> like you know useful as a consumable product but it's like buying bread <laughs> and you're like i don't know what if we had a a massive machine spending all this money making something that was no no dude but you have more interesting than bread, bread. No, this is the best bread, though. It's so, the same, it's the same bread. like, have Nothing you tried Dave's bread. Killer Bread, bruh? Like, Dave's Killer Bread's pretty good. I like my whole. Li- I'm fine with my whole life being about bread. We're because, spending like, so much money on bread. This is the better bread than the other bread, and, and so people I... pay so much money for bread. <laughs> bread is so expensive these days. Bread is really expensive, and bad. and then you have to get all of the other things that go with the bread, right? Because you have to you have to be like the full bread fan. <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah you know and i'm like i'll okay i can just switch from bread to like i don't know tortillas and just do wraps instead of (laughs) sandwiches and then they hire like my favorite indie directors to make a moon knight movie and i'm like are you are you really going to like put cocaine yeah. in the bread now it's, is that what <laughs> it's like sometimes i'm like hey guys i'm i'm done with the bread i'm gonna go get a croissant and just have a, a day a and they're like guess what though vegemite vegemite on the bread and i'm oh. like Shit, fuck and, and you and, and you're, you're like, like well, oh, I, I haven't had vegemite in a while i, I do really like and if it. i don't and buy the vegemite bread it's not like they're gonna stop is making vegemite it. gonna not exist anymore yeah. though like it's vegemite's career over 
because they they somehow made a bread and it didn't work like yeah i mean this is such a uh, such a garbage analogy uh, <laughs> um i don't know anyway let's uh it's fine the western died and the superhero movie died Rip. except it hasn't yet but it will no, it's not. i'm gonna eventually well, it might day, take a while i'm gonna watch like, the, good, the bad and the weird yeah and i'm gonna yes. see how that goes I uh, see that let's one. talk about uh that for a second <laughs> uh kim ji woon uh south korean action direct oh oh someone's eating their microphone i'm gonna just like full-on mulch diggums this microphone ah, stop <laughs> saying his name let me share with Say you my the name. legend of artemis fowls <laughs> no uh the good the bad the weird i, I like Josh Gad i found to be a more fun movie for my own personal tastes than this movie also uh song kang ho is suitably weird to be called the weird as opposed to you know tuko just being a dude who <laughs> they call ugly and it feels mean-spirited it is mean-spirited he's a nice boy he's, he's not fine. he's not a nice boy but he's all right i'm fine with he's him. a nice ass from what we see of it you know i i didn't pay that close they attention. get fit back then did they I, they're always walking around they don't have any of that cornstarch in their food so <laughs> i mean stupid. they're they're not like guzzling cokes coca-colas don't so, look at me. Fine. But they were snorting cokes. <gasps> it's Bill Carson's. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the I noise. I assumed that that was what he was doing. I'm pretty sure that's the noise that he, he He's like stuck his fingers in the little thing and then put it well, in Well, you're the only one that would really know, I guess. But also in the good, us. the bad, and the weird. Yeah. The good is actually like the good. Like he, he's like a traditional like action hero type. Mm. Uh, and the bad is like... Uh, a Yakuza boss. It's fun. That movie's fun, and it does silly cinematography things, uh, and it, uh, and it, it, they're literally following a treasure map. <laughs> a, instead of just like some dead guy's instructions, it's like treasure map, Pirates of the Caribbean style. Nice. That's cool. Like, I don't know. I, I think maybe you could tweak the format and make this cool. And so that sounds like it would yeah. be good. And, and agree, agree. And this is yeah. fine. Well, it's it's yep. a, it's a mix so between like a, a Sergio Leone western and Indiana Jones. That's, That's like the good. vibe it gives off. That movie's just so fun. I'd watch it. I'm excited that we're getting Kimchi into Woo. New Hollywood because it, I definitely am <laughs> feeling the so fact much. that film is sort of dying here. <laughs> like, even though good iconic things are happening, you kind of yeah. feel like, oh man, I think we're ready for something. Like, there's there's no there's not the same kind of like electric anything to the 60s that we had in the 40s like the 40s yeah. at least in what we've covered was just like so exciting huh. and it's i like, feel like it it's kind of it's kind of it's get things are getting longer but they're not getting more like inventive and, uh, and almost I'm fall asleep almost like another trend i'm like huh there's like some superhero movie out now that's like Really they're getting long. longer, but they're not, they're not really inventing anything. No, they're not really innovating. And I just feel like it's hmm. time for f- maybe the Jedi to end. Done, done, done. And then everybody's like, "No, please make it boring again." And so they did. I like it when it's easy to to mm. watch and enjoy. Although, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I so- don't want to think. I just want it to be easy. I'm I'm half curious if there is like 
<laughs> a modern equivalent to the like Italian film film industry in the 1960s. Yes. Like the way that's important because I there are we are starting to quote unquote import more of our cinema. We're getting Us Korean Americans. cinema. We're getting Japanese cinema. Yeah. We're getting French. We're getting Celine Siama. Yeah, like yeah. I and part of that is just like oh yeah, we're finally like watching movies from other places because you you know they make movies too and you know they're kind of good at it so but <laughs> yeah i don't feel like a lot of chinese yeah. cinema has made its way because there's not that the much. opposite yeah because uh, we're all just making our uh, movies uh, for uh, china even though china only like allows 10 american films a year to be like screened there huh like abominable or, like, f- foreign films where Zendaya is Michi? <laughs> That's not the right movie. <laughs> is it? Wait, is it? Chinese, oh yeah, <laughs> right. I the, Chinese cinema is not, I don't think really interesting. interesting. That's what small am I thinking foot. of? Smallfoot. That's what I'm thinking of. Wait, I was, was like, the, yeah. ah, the, the, ice, the white ice monster Zendaya movie. Zendaya is Michi. Zendaya is yeah. Michi. What is that from? I don't know. There was some remember. meme. Yeah, it's totally just like a dumb song. But somebody he like just, he goes down the line, like oh, reading off like who's who, right, in the movie. And then for some reason, Zendaya is Michi is like the one yeah. that that stands out for some. Well, so the funny. Chinese films I have seen have been really interestingly interesting. They're like weird in ways I was not. There, there. I, I watched this movie called The Mermaid because I watch mermaid movies sometimes because uh, I want to give myself nightmares. I've, I haven't been able to do it since I was ten. I'm desperately trying to now, but that it is a rom com that does end in attempted genocide. That's fun. It, I. That's it's really fun. weird. It, I, 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 I kind of wish that, that really there were like more high-profile ones that I, I could find. I mean, Hong Kong had a really great film industry. Hong Kong did so... <sighs> Hong Kong. Don't get me started on the Who's Hong... Who's been watching Wong Kar Wai movies oh, recently? Wong Kar Wai! Yay! Yeah! <laughs> John good, Woo, good, 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 good boy. Yeah, th- anyway. So many Hong people. Kong New Wave, cool. But it's not really a... Th- thing as much anymore but Wong Kar Wai has a new movie coming out soon <gasps> oh well, that's interesting it is actually interesting because he hasn't done anything kind of in that that vein since like 2004 yeah so anyway but that's that's the thing thank you for listening to the podcast we're ending just randomly <laughs> if you could go to movieoverloadpod.com and you can Never find all stop the social talking. medias and more tangents Patreon and you can give us money we can like, keep talking Silas and thanks yeah. Silas he's not this really a patron anymore end. but we can still uh, you him. stopped paying us I'm gonna cut this out it's gonna keep going you suck I hate your guts <laughs> oh god <laughs> I'm not Good gonna agree. you're not gonna hear that and as we say here at the end, when we quote a thing at the end of the movie, that Gunter found a quote. I'm trying to pick a good one. He always like so he many. doesn't have any sense of pacing. Like he doesn't want to say it when I tell him to say the thing. He well, wants to like I'm, spend I extra know. time. It's I'm almost as if he has like he, it's almost like a sense of pride in his work. He's had he has a week job. to do it. Some of these suck, and instead he has to wait until like about it's fifty weird that seconds. Some of them would suck because there are a lot of like, like really like. like good one-liners yeah and a lot of them are good that they're on the uh, i'm looking at the imdb quotes page and a lot of them are like the good lines from the movie but then yeah. they're just put in the good uh, the bad. don't die i'll get you water stay there don't move i'll get you water don't die until later like who cares 
that uh, like sure that's a scene and that's thank a whatever you for scene, like, no <laughs> that's actually fun. yeah <laughs> no it's not a good quote uh wait hold on that I was mean, the bad quote uh yeah we need a good quote I mean, a bad quote and there's an like quote. there's like a fun one at the very top where he's like in this world there's two kinds of people my friend those with loaded guns and those who dig, dig. yeah you dig <laughs> that's a good one uh that's there's the also good quote now uh, there are two kinds of people in this world: those with a noose around their neck, <laughs> and uh, another one. And then so Clint Eastwood says a snide remark, right. it's like those who cut it. Or That's yeah. our ugly one. And the, oh well, I forgot it halfway through. One who's Give me a sound effect. Those who are alone and those who aren't. Oh, that's pretty quiet. Thanks. Got to turn that knob. Turn the that no, the knob under the pad. Baby. There's a knob right. Th- yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Wahoo. Fuck off and die. Whoa, guys. As we say here at the end, every week, never talk to me or my son again. <laughs>